0: Lord, we thank you that you're you're faithful. Lord, we thank you that your plan is to prosper us. Irregardless of our circumstances, your plan is to prosper us. And Lord, you'll be with us. You'll be with us through the fire and through the flood. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, help us keep our eyes on you. Help us to look to you and to trust you. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, open our hearts up now to your word. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're just glad to have Jim and Stephanie with us again. Uh, It's always always good to catch up and fellowship with them, and it's been a while. So, Jim, i will just turn it right over to you. Okay.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Ron. Good morning, everybody. So I'm hearing a little bit of an echo. Do you hear that? Anyway, we'll work through the echo. Um, so thrilled to be back in my home state. lived it, We've lived in Oklahoma now since 1989, and, but we always love every opportunity that we have to come back to the Buckeye State. This is our roots. This is where we met and married and had our children and just all the good things that the Lord has done in our life. It all started here in the great state of Ohio, and um, especially thrilled and pleased to be able to have Stephanie with me this time. Honey, if you just stand up and wave to the people. I know you don't want to, but that's all right. I'm going to have her come up and and uh, greet the people here today. I just want to make a just a real quick mention and I left everything over there. Okay. Just we have a product table in the back and we've got some resources back there that'll be a great blessing to your life. Uh, we wrote a book a few years ago called will the real church please stand up some of you may have that um, that the the copy of this book very passionate about getting the church back to the intensity the passion the purpose the power the destiny of what God God's dream for the church was and we see that all spelled out in the book of Acts so so uh, a good book back there for you to, to uh, consider. And then we brought a number of copies of what I consider to be, and, and certainly I'm not the only one, the, probably the finest book on the subject of divine healing ever written outside of the Bible, next to the Bible. Christ the Healer by F.F. F. Bosworth. How many have ever heard of this book or heard of the author F.F. F. Bosworth? He had a tremendous ministry. Of course, he's been in heaven for some years now. The book is scriptural. It's faith-building. It's miracle-producing, and it's only $10. We were able to get a very good uh, deal on these books, and it is a phenomenal book. It'll, It'll literally, I know you hear this phrase a lot, it'll change your life. It'll change your whole perspective and understanding on God's provision for divine healing. How many know that Jesus is a Savior? He's a healer. And so those are back there, and then we have some a supply of our brochures uh, that will tell you a little bit more about our ministry, and if you'd like to become a part of what we're doing, we have a, a way for you to do that, too. That's inside the brochure, and we have some newsletters, and Stephanie might mention one of those. We have a, a, a few different ones of our colored, printed newsletters that come out uh, every so often. We also have a monthly e-ministry newsletter that comes out every single month. If you'd like to sign up for that, you can do that back there as well, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop, and I'm going to let Stephanie come up and and greet this congregation for the very first time.
2: And I'm not going to come up in fear and trembling. (laughs) It is a delight for me to be here and to finally meet this beautiful congregation. I've heard about all of you for years from my husband. And it's just been a joy and pleasure for me to be able to fellowship with your precious pastors, Ron and Mary, and the ones that I've been able to speak with today. Uh, just so thrilled to finally be able to meet you and let you know what a big part you are of our ministry. You know, sometimes you just see one face and you don't realize what's going on behind the scenes. And today we're going to show you a brief um, DVD presentation, YouTube presentation of some of the places that we've been graced to go over this last year and how the Lord is using Montgomery Ministries. And we want to thank you, each and every one of you that have partnered with us as a church. You've supported us being able to go. And, you know, there are goers and there are senders. But those that go can't go if there are no senders. And so we just want to thank you for being so faithful we have partners in this church that have been so extremely faithful to us. And, you know, that's all, everything that happens in every one of these countries and every one of our meetings in the United States, it is counted to your account as well. And so I just want to encourage you to pray for us. We are, um, I, I wanted to bring one newsletter up. As Jim said, we do have some back there. If you are not on our, our mailing list and would like to be, we do produce a quarterly uh, pictorial Newsletter, so we'd love for you to sign up for that. It just keeps you apprised of what's going on, what you're doing, where you're going, you know, and who you're touching. I think the greatest thing for me was seeing the faces of the people that we touch. You know, you can read a magazine, you can read an article, but there's something about seeing faces faces of people that are being transformed and eternally changed by the word of God and that's what's happening throughout the world I was having a little conversation with uh, Jeff and Jenny earlier and you know you you see a very small part uh, in media about what's really going on in the world uh, we are we're seeing nations being shaken for the kingdom of God and I just want to encourage you to know even though you hear negative 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 don't buy it You know, make your stand as a Christian, make your stand in prayer to assume our rightful place as the body of Christ. And I'm telling you, as we do that, we're seeing a mighty move of God everywhere we go. The Holy Spirit is on the move. These surely are the last of the last days, and he's doing a mighty work to bring in the last end-time harvest. And again, you're a part of that. Most of you know that one of our main focuses of the ministry has been the nation of Israel. And so I just wanted to tell you a little bit about that, because I know a lot of people are interested in that. And, of course, the scriptures tell us those that bless Israel will be blessed. And so it's good to get involved with a ministry that's blessing Israel. And our pastor is, she's salt-of-the-earth evangelist. She's located in the northern Galilee. She has been ministering there probably between 15 and 20 years now. She was an atheist Jew living in Kiev, that a, a missionary from a, from the U.S. came, led her to Yeshua, and ever since then, she had a burning desire to see Jews come to salvation. And so she went back to Israel, and she currently has eight congregations that she has begun in the northern Galilee. And so these congregations, every time we go, we are blessed to be able to minister in these congregations and see the growth in numbers, but also in the, in the spiritual growth of them. And I can tell you that from a six-month period to the next, you can see their faces changing because they come in, they're hopeless, not knowing any, any love. Many of them are coming from Soviet Russia, have never, uh, never experienced any kind of love. And when they start hearing the word of God and about God's love for them, You know, they're changed, and you can see it on their faces, and they bring their friends, and so many are coming to Christ. She not only has the congregations where she's ministering the word, but she also has humanitarian aid centers. So in those, she's supplying them with lots of uh, clothing, food, household items to help them you know, reacclimate to living in the nation of Israel. So just want to let you know that that's one of the big things that the Lord is doing through the ministry. And again, if you'd like to become involved, you know, we have partner packs back there. And we'll go ahead now and I guess show the YouTube so you can actually see what's happening with Montgomery Ministries. Thank you.
1: to Ghana, uh, made a return trip to Ghana, West Africa, had a phenomenal pastors and leaders conference, Bible school teaching, church ministry, and then Stephanie and I went together to Nicaragua in in the same month and couldn't go last year to Nicaragua because of the civil uprising there, but this year we went, preached in the churches, taught in the Bible schools, had uh, a two-evening revival, just phenomenal revival service in, in the church in Nicaragua, so Praise God, best job in the world, and thank God for all of you that pray for us, that believe in us, believe in the call and the ministry that God has called us to, and we simply could not do what we do without your help, your prayers, your love, and your faith, so thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts. Let's open up our Bibles to Second Timothy. I have a, a, a word that I want to share with you today. Father, we just thank you, Lord, let every let every ear be anointed to hear, let every heart be anointed to receive the power, the impartation, the life of your eternal word. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. I ask you to anoint my lips and anoint my heart and anoint my ear to hear what you're ministering to me by the holy spirit to share with this precious group of people and we thank you for it in Jesus name and everyone said amen second timothy chapter 1 the title of my message today is stir up the gift of god everybody say stir up the gift of god uh, chapter 1 verse 1 paul an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god according to the promise of life which is in christ jesus to timothy my dearly beloved son Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in you also. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We, we could actually... Read this verse this way and not do one bit of injustice to this verse or to the, to the proper interpretation. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. Now, w- Paul is writing this letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, pastor of a church in Ephesus, a, f- a phenomenal, impactful church. There in the city of uh, of Ephesus, he's in his second imprisonment in Rome. He's near the end of his life, and he knows it. In chapter four, he's writing to Timothy to tell him, "I know that the time of my departure is at hand, and I am ready to be offered up as a sacrifice to the Lord. I've I've uh, finished my course, I've run my race, and I've kept the faith." So he knows that death is near. So what's he doing? He is encouraging his son in the faith. He's he is pouring out his heart and soul to this young minister, this this young pastor Timothy. Think about what an amazing life Paul lived. What an amazing life in ministry. He went from being the most feared persecutor of the church to become the greatest apostle in all of church history. Think about that. In Acts chapter 19, we find out that Paul and his ministry team, in the space of two years' time of preaching, everyone who dwelt in Asia Minor heard the word of the Lord, both Jew and Greek in two years' time, without all the, any of the modern conveniences that we have today. He planted churches all over Asia Minor. He raised up leaders and pastors to, to, to minister and to, and to lead those churches. He wrote 13 epistles, which is another word for letters, 13, 14 if you count Hebrews. There's some question about that, but nevertheless. And those letters became a part of our New Testament. So if he, a, a big part of our New Testament, so if he was the author of Hebrews, that means that Paul the Apostle, by the Holy Spirit, penned half of the New Testament. What an amazing life and ministry. So now he's pouring out, he's passing on, he's, he's imparting everything that he knows what it, uh, about what it takes to persevere, to persist, to run the race, to preach the gospel, and he's giving Timothy keys on how to, how to prevail, how to overcome in life and ministry, how to endure afflictions and persecutions, how to powerfully share the gospel of Jesus Christ and impact their generation for the kingdom of God. And so he says to Timothy, one of the first things that he says to him in this letter is, Timothy, you've got to stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. The gift of God is the the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. Stir up the gift of God. I like what some translations of the New Testament, how how they render this verse. It says, fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. Kindle afresh the fire of the divine gift. You know, it's interesting when you read Luke's gospel and you read about the ministry of John the Baptist when he was there in the River Jordan baptizing the the, the Jewish people for for the the cleansing of their sins that uh, he began to talk about there's one coming after me that's mightier than I whose shoelaces I'm not even worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire and fire. And brothers and sisters, I don't believe that that was just intended for the ones who were gathered in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues of fire that sat on the 120. I believe that that experience is normative for the New Testament church. And I believe that we see that all through the, again all through the book of Acts. If there's one thing that is missing in our churches today, churches, the church world, the evangelical church world, it is the energy, the life, the power, and the fire of the Holy Spirit in every believer. I believe that. See, we have a doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Every evangelical church would, would, would ascribe to a doctrine of the Holy Spirit. In fact, last night when we were in our room, uh, Stephanie and I, we were, we were looking over the Nicene Creed and the Apostles Creed, and you know these were these were the statements of faith of the early church, what they believed in, a- and there is a, a a strong belief in God the Father and 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 his 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 work and and God the Son Jesus Christ and his work and God the Holy Spirit and his work. So again, we we. We have a doctrine of the Holy Spirit in our churches, but the Holy Spirit is not a doctrine. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a divine personality, and we who are born again by the blood of Jesus, we are not indwelled by a doctrine. We're indwelled by a a heavenly personality. We're indwelled by the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? And when we, when those of us that began to read and study our Bibles a little bit more, began to hear about this second experience after salvation, subsequent to salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, well, guess what happened? We didn't become empowered by a doctrine. We became empowered by the person of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? So when Paul says to Timothy, Timothy Stir up the gift of God. Do you know that Paul wouldn't tell Timothy to do something or have something in his life that he didn't have in his life? Stir up the gift of God. So this this word, this admonition, it not only applies to Timothy, it applies to every believer in Jesus Christ today. Because listen, we are, every one of us, we are all personally responsible to cultivate and maintain our own spiritual walk with God. It's not the pastor's responsibility to cultivate and maintain your spiritual walk with God. They can aid and assist. It's not the five-fold ministry gift that's responsible for cultivating and maintaining our Christian walk. It's our responsibility. I said it's our responsibility. We are responsible for our own spiritual health. We are responsible to, to stir up the gift of God, to fan the flames of the divine gift of, of the Holy Spirit on the, on the inside of us. And really, whatever gift we ever receive from God, whatever gift that He's bestowed upon us, we are responsible to steward that gift, to be stewards, to be caretakers, to be overseers uh, uh, of the gift That God gives us and I'm well convinced that the gifts that God endows us with is not just for us it's for other people it's for the world it's for us to touch and impact our generation for Jesus Christ what does it mean to be a steward to put the gift that God's given you to work for the glory of God not to build up your name not to build up your kingdom not to build up your local church necessarily but to glorify God. So stir up the gift of God. Keep ever blazing the gift. You know, it, it's, it, it's really something, but over in Romans chapter 12, you know, after Paul gets done with this amazing theology that you find in the, in the book of Romans, he, he's, he's, he's exhorting the church at Rome, and he says to um, be fervent in spirit. Be fervent in spirit. Fervent, the root word from which fervent was translated out of the Greek into the New Testament was fire. Fervent fire. Be fervent in spirit. You know, Jesus is not crazy about lukewarm. Have you ever read the book of Revelation to find out what what he wants to do with lukewarm people? Yeah, because do you like lukewarm coffee? Do you like lukewarm tea? Do you like lukewarm hot cocoa that's supposed to be hot? No, the first thing you do when you put that cup to your mouth, if it's lukewarm, what do you do with it? You spit it out. And Jesus said, look, I'd rather you be hot or cold. I, I thought about that for so many times, and I thought, well, Lord, why would, you, why would you rather that they be cold, that people be cold? Wouldn't you rather that they all be hot? I'm sure that he is much more willing that we be hot and on fire for God. But at least if you're cold, you know it. You're not pretending to be somebody that you're not, and we can fix you. We can minister to you. We can preach to you. We can get you hot. Is that right? And so stir up the gift of God. And then in Ephesians 5.18, listen to what Paul wrote to the Ephesian church. He said, in, in verse 18, he said, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess or debauchery, one translation says, but be filled with the Spirit. And don't take my word for it, but if you study this out in a concordance or a Bible dictionary or some good, credible translations of the New Testament, it says this, Be being filled. Again, all through the book of Acts, you'll see several places where something would happen. The believers would gather together, you know, in one accord. For instance, after, after Peter and John ministered to that lame man at the gate called Beautiful, and they got reprimanded by the Jewish leaders for using the name of Jesus and preaching and, and, and seeing 5,000 people come to the Lord as a result of that great sign and wonder. So the Jewish religious leaders trying to trying to throw a wet blanket on them we don't want you to teach or preach anymore in the name of Jesus and Peter said well uh, I'm going to obey God and not man and, and so they gathered together in prayer and, and and they they prayed heaven down to earth and the Bible says in the, that while they were praying they were filled with the spirit is that right I believe that God wants his New Testament church New Testament believers to be continuously filled with the spirit and thank God we can I said, thank God we can't, and we must. I said, we must. Be being filled. Another translation says, be ever filled and stimulated by the Holy Spirit. When God gives you a gift, you've got to activate it. When when God gifts us with a new birth, we've got to activate it. We, we've got to start putting it to work. Is, is that right? Activate, put into use what what the, the gift that God's given us. Be ever filled and stimulated. Stir up the gift of God. Fan the flames. Come on, Brother Jim. You can't live like that all the time. Come on. You can't live like that all the time. That's what some people are thinking. Even, even in here today. How can I live? I can't live like that all the time. Paul said you could. And let me say it in a little better way. It was the Holy Spirit that was empowering, anointing that was uh, working through Paul to make that statement. The Holy Spirit is the author of the New Testament. The Holy Spirit was moving upon Paul when he wrote those words to Timothy. So really, it's God, the Holy Spirit that was encouraging Paul to remind believers to stay full, fan the flames of the inner gift, one translation says you can't but, but but then people think i i can't live like that all the time well you know there's some people that drink all the time i mean all the time they're drinking and i'm not talking about iced tea or water i mean there's some people they're pretty much drunk all the time they live like that all the time there's some people bless their hearts they're on drugs all the time getting high all the time acting crazy most of the time maybe not all the time but, but, but a lot of the time there, there, there are some people that cuss all the time you're looking at me like you don't believe what I'm saying I mean when I worked at the Quaker State Oil Refinery in West Virginia before we came out to Oklahoma I mean they were experts at creating new cuss words putting a string of them together I mean it was like another language and it was all the time. I had to pray in tongues just to, just to overcome every day on my job. I heard it time and time again. Some people sin all the time. You mean to tell me if people can live this way for the, uh, under the influence of, uh, of the enemy or wrong spirits, that you can't have godly people born again, washed in the blood, and filled with the Spirit that can stay full of the fire of God all the time? Praise God, I believe they can. I believe we can, and I believe we will. Some people bless their hearts and, and not not at all making fun or making light of the fact that some people are depressed all the time. Some people are anxious and worried all the time. Troubled. All, full of fear all the time. But thank God that the Lord has provision for whatever it is that, that is that is binding us or holding us down we we don't have to live like that we don't have to live dominated by fear worry anxiety we can stir up the gift what does the bible say in isaiah 60 that god has given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness you can put on the garment of praise and chase the spirit of heaviness away glory to god So we need the energy of the Holy Spirit to live an overcoming victorious life in this earth. No wonder so many believers are so weak and defeated. They're trying to get by in life with mere human wisdom, human ability, human knowledge, human thinking, and and so on and so forth. But the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6, It's not by human might. It's not by human power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts or the Lord of heaven's armies. The work of God on earth is done through the anointing, the leadership, the strength, and the power of God's Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. You shall give testimony o- o- over me. Well, when he says, you shall receive power to be witnesses unto me. You know, we need, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to live a life of purity. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to live a set-apart, sanctified Life before God. The scripture says, be ye holy even as I am holy. In, in, in the book of First Peter. Be ye holy even as I am holy. So with the power of the Holy Spirit, we, we, we have supernatural help to resist certain temptations, certain sins that, 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 that so easily try to beset us in, in, in our Christian walk. Not, not by our own power, not by willpower. The Scripture says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. What does it mean, walk in the Spirit? That's not some kind of a goofy, weird, where you're walking one foot off the ground and just kind of floating through life. No, listen to the Amplified version of, of Galatians 5.16. And you know the Amplified version is the woman's Bible. Because it's got a whole lot more words. I better move on. I'm getting some off. I, I, you should see some of the stairs from up here. The stairs. Galatians 5, 16. Live, walk and live habitually in the Spirit. Responsive to, controlled and guided by the Spirit. I believe that's God's best. That doesn't mean we're, we're going to sail through life free of challenges or free of Uh, of difficulties free of hardships troubles come to all people christians and non-christians alike seasoned mature christians and baby christians but thank god we can lean on the power and presence and person of the holy spirit and he will lift us up and he'll walk through those things with us and give us victory when, when we remain full of the Holy Spirit, when we fan the flame of the Holy Spirit, evil desires of the flesh cannot rule over us. And don't, 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 don't get to thinking only one kind of sin when I mention evil desires of the flesh. That could be anger. That could be jealousy. That could be living the rest of your life offended you know the Galatians five talks about the works of the flesh, Sh- sure you know immorality and and, and so forth is, is certainly one of those things, but when you are full of the Holy Spirit, when you pray in the spirit, when you fellowship with the holy spirit, you know do you remember how Paul used to close a lot of his letters with personal benedictions and greetings and and, and so on to the churches in, in Corinthians. He talked about may the may, may the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You know what communion is? It's interaction. Pastor Ron and Mary and Stephanie and I we had communion last night. We, I mean, we didn't take you know the, the wine and the the, the the grape juice and the and the bread. We had, we interacted. We, we shared our lives together. We're to share our life together with the only member of the divine trinity that is still in the earth today, which is the Holy Spirit. Is that right? See, I, I'm going to say that again. When we're full of the Holy Spirit, those evil temptations cannot latch on to us. Why? Because He's the Holy Spirit, He's the Spirit of holiness. A fly will not land on a hot stove. A fly cannot and will not land on a hot stove. He might get close to it. and When he feels that heat, he takes off and goes a different direction. Those thoughts will come. Those temptations will come. But thank God, when you're full of God's presence and, and, and fire and power, it will not land on you and begin to dictate your life. Willpower is not enough to live a godly life. Rededications, recommitments, trying harder is not the key to live a godly life. Rather, it's keeping the Spirit's power, presence, fire continually flowing and burning within us. But there's another reason that I believe is the greater purpose for staying full of the Holy Spirit. And that's in verse 8. Are you still in 2 Timothy? 2 Timothy, look at verse 8. I'm going to move along quickly here. 2 Timothy, verse 8. After he said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. uh, Stir up the gift of God which is in you. Verse 8 says, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Verse 8. Never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. Boldness to share Jesus with people. That's probably the greatest reason. But, but I mean, there's lots of good Bible reasons to stay so full and aware of the Spirit's presence, but that leads to a boldness to share Jesus with people. Are you listening to me? God has a message for a lost generation today. A message that is backed with power to transform every life. But we've got to be bold enough to open up our mouth and declare the message to people. We've got to be the ones. We are His witnesses. We are Christ's ambassadors. If we don't tell the people that Jesus is alive, if we don't tell the people that Jesus has been raised from the dead, if we don't tell the people that Jesus offers forgiveness of our sins and eternal life and sonship with him, who's going to tell them? We've been anointed to tell them. We have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to tell them. And you and I never carried the gospel alone. There's always one with us. Paul said, For I am not ashamed. This is Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And I want to challenge every person in this room that is a born-again Christian. I want to challenge you to begin to pray and ask God to use you to further the kingdom of God in this area and to be willing to, and able to share Jesus with people. Do you know how easy it is? It is the easiest thing in the world. Once you get over that fear of man, it's the easiest thing in the world. All you have to do is hang around some people for a while and they'll start opening up to you and sharing the the trials, the troubles, the situations, the children, the teens, the whatever. And that's a perfect opening for, for, for you to just say, I want you to know something. I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he cares about your life. You can start with that. That is so easy. And I'm telling you, there is so much supernatural power in just the name of Jesus. When you utter that name, I I know, I, I can testify to that because when I was working at a convenience store in Kent, Ohio, far from God, on a Saturday evening, a guy walked up Put his merchandise on the counter. I took care of him. Put the things in 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 a, in a sack, and he looked at me and said, "I just want you to know something. Jesus loves you, and He cares about your life." I I kind of, I kind of blew him off, you know. Didn't you know? Wasn't a very good. I mean, I didn't cuss him out or anything, but, you know, it just wasn't real sweet to him. But, I never forgot when he walked out the door. I felt like a. I felt like a. A fiery sword had been pierced into my heart. I never forgot those words. And I, I ended up getting saved. We can all do that. But you've got to stir up the gift. you got to stay hot for God. You can live like that all the time. Are you listening to me? The heartbeat of God is souls. Souls. If we're not careful, church... We can get so caught up in just what I want to do, what I want to have, how I want to see my life be directed and my things and my this and what I want. And and even as a church community, if we're not careful, we, we can do that. But Jesus said, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. I'm just as sure as I can be that there's unsaved people in this part of Ohio. Probably a lot of them. Well, you're anointed. If you're a child of God, if you're born again, if the Holy Spirit indwells you, you're his witness. Jesus needs a mouth to speak through. We're his mouthpiece. When we, I said we're, we never carry the gospel alone. When we open up our mouth and begin to share the love of Christ with people, the Holy Spirit will, will latch onto those words and breathe on those words and, and put them right in the person's heart. And, you, and if they so what if they don't respond right away? You've planted major seed, and God is faithful to bring somebody up after you and water that seed. Are you listening to me? Because the only thing that matters 100 years from now, Everything we have in front of us right now, our possessions, our hopes, our dreams, it's not going to be here anymore. It's not going to be here anymore. The only thing that's going to matter is the people that we led to Jesus. We've got to develop, we've got to start letting eternity burn in our hearts. The first group of people that Jesus ever met when he began his ministry there on the shores of uh, of the Sea of Galilee, he said to them, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And he taught them how to fish for men. The last group of people were those same folks, those same guys and, and and some women that were with him on the Mount of Olives right before he ascended to return back to heaven to be seated at the right hand of God He said to that group of people, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's our commission. That's the church's commission. We can't be so inward. We can't be so segregated that that our Christianity has been reduced to just fellowshipping and hanging out with other Christians. We need that. We need to hang out with other Christians. We just had a phenomenal Sunday school lesson on the the value and the importance of fellowship. Iron sharpening iron. Encouraging one another. We do need that, but not at the expense of reaching the lost. Don't ever let the devil lie to you and tell you you can't do it. Because one of the things we did was we brought you some tools. Back on the table, free. This is, this is a, a, a gospel, soul-winning script. Now, right away, when I saw that, I thought, I don't like scripts because scripts are too canned. They're, they're too cold. They're too, you know, I don't know, just ca- like, like rigid. But no, it's a gospel, soul-winning script because it's based on scriptures. And how many people, honey, have this? We, we got a hold of this. And the ministry that, that we received this from said, go ahead and put your own ministry name on it. We don't, we don't want our name on it. You put your name on it. People have actually read this script to people, read it word for word. And when they're reading it to the person, the person doesn't walk away and leave. They stand there and listen to the whole thing. And people have been led to Jesus by simply reading this script. But you can memorize it. You could, you, there, there's like a four-point little outline that you can memorize. After a while, you won't have to read it. And you will lead people to Jesus. You will impact a life for all of eternity. It, 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 there's nothing greater than that. I said there's nothing greater than that. So I want to leave you with four real quick points. Action steps. Action steps. First of all, let's position ourselves. We're halfway through the year. I believe that if we'll position ourselves, the rest of this year will be the most supernaturally blessed year you've ever seen in your life. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I said, I believe that the next six months of 2019 can be the most supernaturally blessed year that you've ever experienced. First of all, number one, let's begin to fast and pray. Let's couple fasting with praying. That's all through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, fasting and praying. Not just fasting without prayer. If you're fasting without prayer, that's basically like you're going on a hunger strike. No, we need to couple it with prayer. The prophets did it. Daniel did it. Ezekiel did it. Isaiah did it. Jesus said in the New Testament in the Gospels, when you fast, not if you fast. And there's no hard and fast rules for for fasting. You just kind of have to figure out what's, what's best for you. But basically, it's denying yourself food for a certain period of time. doesn't have to be for. Don't do it for 40 days. You'll die. We don't want you to die. We want you around. But fast and pray. What does that do? It weakens your flesh nature and empowers your spiritual nature, your spirit nature. It, it enables you to hear from God more clearly. I'll tell you, that's a good way to keep the Spirit of God stirred up on the inside of you. Amen. And, and, and when you pray, those of you that have received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, pray in the Spirit and pray in your understanding, but pray in the Spirit. Jude 20, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Could any of you use your faith being built up a little bit? building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Believe me, it works. It's true. And then Paul said, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Does anybody in this room, don't don't raise your hand because I know every one of you. Does anyone, how many ever needs build up and encourage and strengthen? We all do. This is one way to do it. Secondly, secondly, We need to begin to cultivate a lifestyle of praise and thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving. Giving thanks always for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean the scriptures over and over again. Psalms, New Testament, Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 13. Well, well, yeah, but I don't feel like it, Brother Jim. I don't feel like praising God. I feel like crying. I feel like screaming. I don't feel like praising God. Well, when you put your feelings aside and obey the Scriptures, that's when it's called a sacrifice of praise. And Hebrews 13.15 talks about the sacrifice of praise. And that's a sacrifice acceptable to God every single time. So many Scriptures... So many scriptures about giving thanks and and living a life of praise. For one thing, it makes you God-conscious and not problem-conscious. The more you praise Him, the bigger He becomes in your life. Again, doesn't mean you're never going to have any challenges, but when you meet those challenges, you don't meet them alone. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me, Lord. Is that right? And then finally, this is not an exhaustive uh, exhaustive list, but reach out and start ministering to other people. The Scripture says about Jesus, Jesus said, I didn't come to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give my life as a ransom for many. Some of us have to start being more ready to, to share the supply of the Spirit on the inside of us with other people. I'll tell you, the richness of life is in giving. It's in in releasing. We've got resurrection life on the inside of us that needs to be released into people's lives. In prayer, in comforting, in, in, uh, in sharing the gospel, in compassion. That's resurrection life. Think about that. But if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, which He does if you're born again, if if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, He shall quicken your mortal body. There's there's divine life on the inside of you. Resurrection life that needs to be shared with people. We've got to become more bold. When you start getting around people and they talk about their, their maladies, their afflictions, their sicknesses, don't just side in with them and give them sympathy. Say, can I pray for you? Would you let me pray for you? Hardly anybody will ever say no. And then pray for them. Pray the prayer of faith over them. And and get God involved in the mix. Come on, everybody stand up. I believe that one of the reasons why Christians are so unhappy, negative, unfulfilled, is because there's something in them that needs to be released into other people's lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be bold to share your faith. Nothing greater than a soul coming to Christ. The more we step out of our comfort zones and begin to share Jesus with other people, the more will be given back to us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Eternity. is a long time that's why we're here we are his ambassadors we are his witnesses we are the ones that have been authorized to give testimony of the greatness and the awesomeness of our Lord Jesus Christ amen your life will be revolutionized when you begin to win people to the Lord it's not that hard Stay full of the Holy Spirit. I want to give a, with every head bowed and nobody looking around, I want to give this invitation. For those of you that are here today and you have never received Christ into your heart as Savior and Lord, you've never responded to an invitation to let Christ be the Lord of your life. You've never been born again. If that's you and you're here today, the Holy Spirit is right here in our midst. I can, I can sense him. How many can sense him? If you've never been born again, this is the greatest day of your life to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never received the Lord, Jesus, as your Savior, we're going to give you an opportunity. Secondly, secondly, you, you received the Lord. You once knew the Lord. You once walked with Jesus. But life dealt you some terrible blows. Maybe a, a, an unexpected death in your family. Maybe a divorce, a separation. Maybe a, a, a child that caused you a lot, a lot of pain. Maybe you were passed up for a promotion that should have been yours. And you've carried bitterness and, and resentment in your heart for years and years whatever the case might be, and you walked away from the Lord. You turned your back on Him. He never turned His back on you, but you, grew, you allowed your heart to grow cold towards the things of God. This is your day to come back into the Father's love and care and return like the prodigal son. Thirdly, you are born again and you know it. You remember the time that somebody prayed for you. You remember the time when you came to Jesus. But the devil riddles you with fear. The devil riddles you with questions. Oh, you're not really saved. If you were really saved, you wouldn't have done what you did. And he just riddles people and fills their hearts and minds full of doubt that they're even born again. So on any of these three invitations, if there's anybody here, that meets any of those criteria, I want you to know something. That Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago so that nobody would have to go to a devil's hell. The price has been paid for you to be free. Free in Jesus. If there's anybody that meets any of those three criteria, you've never been born again, you once were... You gave your heart to Jesus, but life dealt you some terrible blows, and you backed off from God. Number three, you, you know that you received Jesus, but the doubts and the questions that the enemy puts in your minds has just been unrelenting. On any one of those three invitations, if, if that's you, would you lift your hand, and, and we're just, we're just going to pray a simple, simple prayer uh, unto the Lord. With uplifted hand. Lift them up real high because uh, there's some tall folks in the front and I, I can't see. They're, they're, I see. I see one hand. I see two hands. Is there anybody else? You're not sure of your salvation. If your life, if you were to lay your head on the pillow tonight and you would not wake up in the morning, you do not have the assurance that you would wake up in heaven. Your hand should be up right now for whatever reason. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Anybody at all? It's a holy moment. Don't let this pass you by without making things right with God. Anybody else? Could I ask the two of you that have your hands lifted lifted up to just come down here for just one moment? We're not going to embarrass you, ma'am. Would you come? Let us let us pray. Let us pray for you, real quickly. Real quickly, and then we're, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give one more uh, uh, call, one more invitation. Praise God. Let me have your hand. Thank God for your boldness. Thank God for your courage. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you'd just pray this prayer after me and mean it with your heart, it's not just saying the words, it's your heart. It's your heart's being in agreement. Dear Father God, thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you that he died on the cross for my sins. That he made me right with you, O God. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sin. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you that you, sh- that you took my place on the cross. I will live for you. I will serve and honor you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, just fill them with your Holy Spirit right now. Fill them with your precious Holy Spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, keep them, watch over them, protect them. I decree that no weapon formed against them shall ever prosper. No evil shall befall them. No plague shall come nigh their dwelling. They'll live strong and long for you, Lord, all the days of their life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Do you have a word for them? have received the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Raise your hand, please. If you've received that experience, just lift up your hand to the Lord. Okay, you can put it down. For those of you that have never had hands laid on you to receive a biblical experience of being baptized or immersed in the Holy Spirit, We're going to open up the altar and we're just going to lay hands on you very quickly. We're not going to take a lot of time, but I feel like I feel an urgency that we need to we need to do this. This is a New Testament experience. Jesus commanded his disciples to wait in the city of Jerusalem until they be clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. If if your heart is telling you, I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, slip out of your seat and come down to the front slip out of your seat, come down to the front, receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. Those of you that have received, if you would like a fresh impartation, a fresh anointing of God's Holy Spirit, make your way up here right now. We won't take a long time. We won't take a long time. It doesn't take a long time. We'll lay hands on you we'll put ourselves in agreement with you for fresh oil from heaven, a fresh anointing of God's Holy Spirit to be a bolder witness, to stir up the gift of God in your life, to, to, ex- to, ju- to just sense that I'm not doing this on my own. There's, the greater one is helping me. God, the Holy Spirit, the greater one is giving me words. He, and He's anointing my words as I, as I minister to other people. Just lift, just if, if you would, just in, in yielding, as a sign of yieldingness to the Lord, just lift up your hands to heaven. Hallelujah. Father, thank You. Thank You, Father. I pray for these right now for a fresh anointing of Your Spirit. A, 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 an unmistakable impartation of Your Spirit to each one of these. Today, in the name of Jesus, be anointed with fresh oil. Anointed with fresh oil. Anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. Fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Fresh anointing, fresh anointing. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Fresh anointing of God's Spirit. A fresh anointing of God's Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. A fresh anointing of God's Spirit be upon you. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Receive ye the Holy Spirit Spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, receive ye a fresh anointing, a fresh endowment of power from the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive ye fresh oil. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. In the name of Jesus, be anointed with fresh oil of the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's, lift, let's lift up our hands, all of us. Lift up our hands to the Lord and give thanks. Give praise. Praise Him. Out loud, please. Praise Him. Worship Him. Father, we thank you that you've made us able. You've made us able to stand against all the wiles of the enemy. You've made us able to impact our generation for the Lord Jesus Christ. The days are so dark. The days are so fearful. Darkness covering the earth and gross darkness, the people, just as the prophet Isaiah prophesied would happen. We're living in those days right now. But Lord, we're not afraid. We're not afraid. We're not ashamed. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ and we're not afraid of an enemy that's already been defeated and is under our feet. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let Your Spirit just fall upon each one today. Fall upon each one today. Hallelujah. We're born of the Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit. And we're led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. The name that's above every name. The name that's above every name. Stir up the gift of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Lord. I cancel every demonic attack over every person in this room yeah. that the enemy has laid carefully laid plans for destruction for death for for misery for for terrible things I cancel every assignment of the enemy over the people in this room today in the name of Jesus whatever form it may be in in the name of Jesus it's broken And we rejoice and give you thanks ahead of time, Lord. You're a good shepherd. You watch over us. You protect us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brother Ron.
0: Just thank you that we have the privilege to be a part of Jim's ministry, and Lord, that uh, we can be a part of your word going forth throughout the earth. Lord, we thank you for that. Just bless this offering now in Jesus' name. Amen. I was, I was sitting here thinking, you know, we're so sports-minded nowadays, and, you know, if you go to a ball game and it goes into extra innings, what do you say? Got your money's worth because it went into extra innings. What do you say when church goes over? Did you get your money's worth? I mean, you know, isn't it funny how we think sometimes, how we think, or maybe how we where we put our priorities sometimes? Like, well, that's that's a good thing. But, you know, so anyway, just just think about that. What is better than what God's doing? What's what's better than what God's doing? So let's all stand. Let's close. We don't pick up chairs today either, by the way. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. You thank you for your blessing. Lord, I pray that every seed that was sown would grow, would spring forth and produce. Lord, that we would see things produced in our lives. We would see things change and be different. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your presence with us. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.